Unspoken, which is book one in the Lindbergh Legacy. I hope you can hear us because we put the laptop up there. I'm pretty sure it's fine. Up there. Refers to like <laughs> up there. Behind us almost. You can't see it. But not really. It's fine. Yeah. Calm it's down. It's fine. It's by Sarah Reeves Brennan, who is Irish. And yes, this is book one. I think of a trilogy. It is a trilogy, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 90 percent sure it's a trilogy. Um, published in 2012. So all three books are out now, but we've only read the first book. It's new to us because we just, we just found out about it. it. <laughs> um, yeah. So the title is Unspoken, which I thought was a dumb title. I mean, it wasn't a bad title, but it like it had very. Uh, <laughs> so Paige, Paige initially suggested this book, and she suggested it with a link, and the link wound up not working. Um, but she didn't include the author because she included a link, and then I was like, "Oh, I'll just search for Unspoken. How many books can be titled mm-hmm. that? So many, so freaking many. There's like half a dozen books at least that I was like that came up when I typed in Unspoken. Yeah, it's a very common YA name." Yeah, I mean, like, it's not a bad title, really, but it's not very, like, it's not super descriptive. And the plot itself, like, I see what they mean. Right. Like, But it's not super connected. I thought, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know what I would have titled it, but I don't like it. Right, I feel like it doesn't really, really... It's not very distinctive. It's kind of speak to, the, like, themes and tone of the novel. Yeah. You know, like, it's it doesn't generic. really tell you anything. Right. It tells you, like, it's a descriptor. It's an adjective that can be used to describe something that's happening in the novel. <laughs> but... It doesn't tell you really about the novel. It tells you about one part of the novel. Yeah. And, yeah. Honestly, I picked this book on the strength of the cover, which there's multiple covers, but I'm talking about the cover that's pink, and it has, like, black and gold details. Um, It has big gates with, like, ivy. Yeah, it's red. It's pink. This is red. It's like a... It's like... No. It's a blue-red, but it's a red. A blue-red? That makes a lot of sense. It's like a... Have you ever picked out lipstick? You have blue-red lipsticks, orange-red lipsticks, and... No, I don't normally really believe that stuff. I just get whatever color I want. If you get a blue-red lipstick, it normally makes your teeth look lighter versus, like, an orange-red. Nothing makes your teeth look brighter. Except for maybe, like, household blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this book. This book is about a girl called Cammie Goss. I'm pretty sure her name is not Cammie. Yes, K A M I. I guess How is correct it? I don't know. Kamia? No, I wouldn't pass <laughs> that way. I don't know. Because that has like way more letters. But She's a, like a quarter Kimi. Japanese because her father's mother was Japanese. So look, we have a Irish character, multiracial character. I don't know. I mean, she's not. Her parents are both. Well, no, her dad's half Japanese. I don't know. I still think if you, that's a quarter, right? That works out. Yeah. And fraction. If you're a quarter. A quarter's the cutoff and three for are being quarter. considered like part of a minority. Yeah. Technically. Mm-hmm. I still think you, you can still call yourself biracial or multiracial or whatever. Yeah. No, quarter's the cutoff. Like her children, if she marries someone white, I don't think technically would call herself biracial. Which seems rude. Like, Which is also a cultural thing, though. Yeah. And she and she does have some connection because I mean her Japanese grandmother is dead now, but she clearly knows at least some Japanese. She has some connection anyway. It's not actually a major theme in the novel. Besides that, this book is like it's magicy. It's a fan- yeah, it's fantasy. It's, fantasy. Uh, it's one of those. It like is not like map book in the front of the book fantasy. <laughs> Like, it takes place in this Thank God. World. I hate those. We don't read those. Yeah. That's too confusing. Yeah. I can't keep track of that many things. I'm going to be real. The last book I read with a map in the front was Aragon, which I, re- I didn't read it, listened to on tape, because 
I I don't know. I think maybe my reading comprehension is horrible. That could be <laughs> could be true. But I always miss things, and it's hard for me because Paige and I both don't do phonetics, so it's hard to do made up words when we can't sound things out. <laughs> oh, I just sound it out however I want to. Paige does make up pronunciation of many things in books that are like normal. So what do you mean? Like names? What have I gotten wrong? Gillian. <laughs> oh, that's totally correct though. No. Yeah. Um, your rationale was you read another book with a Gillian in it, and so that's why you knew Gillian was a name. And I was like, Paige, it's another name. <laughs> you just read off of a page. Um. <laughs> anyway, I've been listening back to your Well, I know what she sounds like. Sometimes it's soft, like giraffe. We don't pronounce it giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, that was a great example. I can't believe I came up with that that quickly. <laughs> Anyways, we can't hear our main character, and she is, like, she definitely has that, like, YA, typical, not normal <laughs> thing, but I found that she was, like, different enough to be interesting, mm-hmm. and not so different that she didn't have friends, and, like, was yeah. socially isolated, and, like, didn't have interests, or, mm-hmm. like, had an interest that was too specific, a niche down that, like, <laughs> didn't make sense. Um, so I liked the way that Cammy was kind of imagined, mm-hmm. um, to be someone who was interested, and she had a interest in journalism mm-hmm. um but yeah, she starts at school wasn't just like on her own basically she like shanghai's her friends into it but. right um and another interesting thing about cammy is that should we talk about like the, the fact like where she lives and like that okay. stuff first fine i was gonna introduce i don't know cammy i'm first. trying to go logically your logic is different than mine that's fine <laughs> talk about the town they live in a town good a small town in England. By the way, this takes place in England. Yes, I don't remember the name of the town. Sorry in the Vale. Which is a dumb name for a town, but whatever. And that's, I mean, that's what English people name the towns now. We're not English. <laughs> We're American. Yeah, we live in, maybe I, We live in Colorado. I was going to tell them the town names we lived in. Nope. And show how different they are from Sorry in the Vale. No, never mind. It's fine. Eventually you'll know literally everything about where we live. So, I don't but know remember. why we're holding back now. We're talking about our really mean dogs. We're going to move anyway, on. So, she lives in a small English village, the center of which is this huge castle. And the castle is, like, pretty much the source of... I think of- it's a manor house. The English are very particular about what castles are, because Americans are just like, castle. Big mansion, castle. And the English people are like, that's a stately home, not a castle. So, in deference to their feelings. Whatever. Anyway... Um, so kind of at the center of their town is this manor house, um, in which this family resides and this family has lived in this town forever and they are the center of a lot of like lore surrounding the town as well. And like, there's some sort of like feudal relationship going on between the town and the family. And although like this takes place in the modern time, there's still like real remnants of that in the way that the town discusses, um, this family, the Lindbergh family, um, and kind of. Because the Lindburns have been gone for 15 years, so as long as Cammy's been alive, pretty much, they have been outside of the town. Um, and some, like, bad things have happened in the town, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's because the Lindburns are gone. Like, there's this weird relationship where they won't say anything bad about the Lindburns, but also everyone does seem, like, a little bit suspicious, and, like, there might be something yeah, that they know. There's some sort of, like, weird, like, law in the town that's, it's like, the Lindburns won't harm anybody in the town. And it's, like, why? And so the suspicious thing there is, like, well, why do you need that law? Like, what was happening before right. they said that they weren't going to harm anybody? 
kind of makes it sound like before they were harming people in the town. Right. Um, and so the limerts are gone and people are like kind of happy about that. They're kind of happy, but they're also kind of like, oh, so bad things have been happening because the limerts are here to like. What bad thing? I don't remember. Like nature wise, like things are like. Like crops are failing and things? What? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Still, like, no. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyway, when it started the novel, the Limbergs all moved back. So it's like, um, at this point, the, like, parents are gone. So it's just, like, no. the grand, like, the grandparents. Oh. So it's, <laughs> it's these two sisters. They're, the sisters are the actual Limbergs. They're, yeah. hu- one of their husband, the other one doesn't have a husband. He's dead. He's dead. And then their kids. They yeah. have a son each. Yep, so there's two boy cousins, their mothers, who are sisters, and one of the sisters has a husband, so one of the boys still has a father. Right. Um, and so they move back into town, and Cammy decides, like we talked about, to start a paper, and she starts to start investigating, and that's how we kind of enter this world of the Lumberance. Right. They move back a couple chapters in. It's actually right after she starts the paper, though. Yeah. Which her first big story is going to be about that. Right. That's not really important detail. Um, but just don't write into us and tell us we were wrong, because we, we're not wrong. Whatever. We fixed it. We might be wrong. <laughs> we could still be wrong about, like, a whole host of other things. You can email us. <laughs> and probably us. are. <laughs> you can email us at our website. Our email address. We don't have a website. Anyway. Um, the thing about Cammy though, and what's interesting and what sort of is making this a fantasy novel, is that Cammy has, has this connection to a boy. She's been hearing his voice they can communicate through their mind for her entire life, like since she's been a baby. Like, yeah, since she was born. Mm-hmm. Do they know each other's names? Uh, no, they don't. No, she. What? No. Yes, they do. They do know each other's name. They know each other's name. So the boy's name is Jared. How does he not know the beginning? The boy's name is. Uh, it's not Jake, it's Jared. Whatever. So it's Jared. It's Jared. And her name's Cammie, and so she talks to Jared, and that. When she was younger, she would, like, tell people, but she stopped talking about it because people think you're crazy when you're, like, oh, I have a boy in my head. So, like, yeah, when you're five, people, when you're five, it's, like, maybe okay to have an imaginary friend, but when you're 12, you really start right. to wonder if you need psychiatric help. So she really stops talking about it, um, and it's weird, and she, you kind of, she is, at this point, trying to convince herself that it's something that is really in her head, but she also, at the same time, has, like, a gut feeling that, like, no, this, like, I'm talking to a boy. Uh-huh. But, like, there's a weird, she's obviously, she's I mean, never met this boy. Lead, right. Um, she kind of has to suspend reality, which she does, I don't, I think she's trying to kind of not do as much, but. But, I mean, they do have a very strong connection, and, right. like, it's very, I think in the sense of, like, how they're talking back and forth, like, it's not like it's something she'd be making up, like, it's this whole right. other life that someone's mm-hmm. living, and is telling her about, um, and she tells him about her life, um. So, yeah, she stopped talking about it. She's, like, clearly... So she's sort of an outsider in this town in several different ways, in the sense that, like, father's mother was Japanese. Um, so this is clearly, like, a very small insular town. Mm-hmm. And they're not very open to outsiders. Not just of, like, other ethnicities, like, non-English people. Um, Cammy has a friend whose family moved there to London, like, seven years ago or something. And, like, the town still really doesn't totally accept them. Because they're considered outsiders. If you didn't, if your entire family hasn't grown up in the town for the last five hundred years, you're an outsider, basically. Right. So Cammy's an outsider in that way, sort of in like her heritage, but also she like hears voices. Right. And even though she's not talking about it now, it's like something that like people kind of remember. And because when you talk to someone in your head, 
Do you ever try to take a space out? As you see, and she'll, she'll right. like laugh and just like random things. She's talking to someone in her head. Right. Um. So yeah, obviously that makes people regard you a little bit right. strange, right? Yeah. I've always been disappointed that I never had an imaginary friend. I felt like I like missed out because an imaginary friend is not something you can make up. Like it has to be like it's true, organic, and spontaneous. Yeah. I never had one. Although, like, I've heard, heard, there's just, like, horror stories of people whose, like, children have imaginary friends, and they turned out to be, like, demons, so. What? Yeah, have you never heard of any of these stories? No, because they don't sound real, for one thing. Well, they're scary. <laughs> Are they real? Probably not. No, I had a, I don't know. It's a little bit weird. People are like, yeah, imaginary friends are, like, <laughs> people communicating with spirits. Oh, yeah, some people think their kids are, like, reincarnated, like. No. World War One fighting like, pilots. I think that's a little bit different. Sometimes you hear those stories of people who are like, my friend keeps telling me to do really horrible things. And you're like, stop. Anyway. It's not imaginary friend anymore. That's like... I mean, three. Yeah. I don't know if it's not... I don't anyway, know. I'm not an imaginary friend. I did have an imaginary class of, like, second graders when I was, like, five because I was going to be a teacher and all of my second graders are about four inches tall. Um, but I would, like, make them follow me around my house, and I would, like, yell at them and, like, discipline them because they were my class. I was an only child until I was four, and then I had a baby sister, which is, like, really unhelpful for, like, playing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had to make my own fun, which meant, included an imaginary tiny class. Mm-hmm. So that was the closest I ever had to, was my imaginary class of tiny children. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, so I fit Cammy and Jared's relationship. At the beginning of... So this was what was unclear to me at the beginning of the novel, and I wish that Sarah would have... Or Brennan. I don't know what we should call her. We should call her her first name or last name. The standard use is last can, name. <laughs> well, we can pronounce both. Well, we should take the one that's more pronounceable mm-hmm. easily, but Sarah and Brennan are both fine. <laughs> Sarah Brennan. <laughs> Which is definitely wrong, because her name is on the cover. It's Sarah Reed Brennan. Two last name, whatever. The author. Yeah. The author. This is something I wish she would have made clear at the beginning because it was something that I only figured out as the novel went on. Mm-hmm. And so I was confused about the extent of this like mental connection. Right. You like learn more about like the depth of this relationship early on because it sounds at the beginning like they might like, like it's almost like a phone. Like they could yeah. be like, Jared. And then you'd be like, oh, hello. That it's like very intentional, those thoughts they right. choose to share and how they choose to talk. But the novel goes on, and you're like, oh, this is actually kind of just, like, they're kind of, like, they always in each other's heads, unless they're, like, very intentionally trying to, right. like, keep each other out. And it always seems like they can actually see through each other. Yeah. Like, like literally see, like, what's going on, like, almost through their eyes. And it was never laid out like that in the beginning. I wonder if it, it actually does get stronger. I mean, we never talked about that, but should we talk about it now? Okay. Well, so anyway, maybe we should get to like the limits. Maybe yeah, we'll talk about maybe it does get stronger because there could be reasons. Which is an later interesting on in the theory, novel, but, but I feel like it's not substantiated in the text at all. Like well, I feel like we're fixing. <laughs> I mean, it's not substantiated because we don't aren't told that it's getting stronger, but it does appear to be like their conversations and stuff gets stronger as the novel progresses. Right. So I mean, I feel like we just fixed one of the author's problems for her, and maybe she didn't do that herself. But I think that'd be, I and mean, I think it would make sense too. I mean, because of reasons we'll talk about. Okay, yeah. Um, so let's introduce the other characters to you. Not the Lindbergh. We'll introduce them. Okay, okay. But then, so we have Angela's, or Cammy's best friend, Angela, mm-hmm. um, who we talked about briefly. Did we? Oh, oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. She's the outsider from London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked her a lot. 
Yep, she's cool. Um, she's from the character. She knows about Cammy's um friend, voice head friend. <laughs> so she doesn't really like. She's not. Yeah. She's not like against that, but she's also like, let's right. not talk about this. Right. When Cammy brings it up, she's always like, "You're a little bit crazy." And Cammy's like, "This is one of my favorite lines." Is um. They say that about all great visionaries, Cammy says, like, in response to Angela calling her crazy. And Angela says, um, you know what they also say that about? Crazy people. Just true. And I feel like this is a conversation that I have needed to have with people. And they're like, <laughs> visionaries do this. And they're like, also crazy people do it. Right? And the pool of visionaries to do it is much, much, much <laughs> smaller than the pool of, like, crazy people and clowns right. and circus performers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I know that you think this is a great idea to, like... In college, this happened a lot. People who were, like, trying to, like, find their inner purpose or, like, whatever. <laughs> and they would do crazy things. And you, they would be like, so-and-so did this. And you're like, yeah, but also, you're crazy person. They're like that, though. A lot. But yeah. anyway, so Angela. Um, we have Nicola, <laughs> um, who is Kimmy's old friend. And now they don't talk. They're, like, enemies now. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Um, and then we have one other girl who they just decide to be friends, like, let her be their friend. What's her name? Holly. Holly. All of a sudden, they're just like, Holly's our friend now, and it's... <laughs> well, I think it's because Jared points out to Cammy the ways that, like, Holly would like to be friends with Cammy, and Cammy's just always kind of brushed it off, and Cammy suddenly sees, they're like, oh, that's true. That's always the weirdest thing, when people are like, yeah, you didn't know that about so-and-so, they've always wanted to be friends oh, with you, yeah. but they're like... Scared of you, which I'm like, am I scary? This happened to me where they're just like, this person thinks you're so cool and wants to be your friend, and you're just like, oh, oops. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever told me that someone thought I was like super cool, but Michelle has definitely informed me that everyone I went to high school with <laughs> thought I hated them. Um, yeah, this it wasn't intentional on my part. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's just a very aggressive personality sometimes. <laughs> and if you're not used to it, it can be jarring. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. So Holly is someone who's, like, very, very attractive. And so the thing with Holly is that it's a stereotypical, like, all the boys really like her and are attracted to her. But then it means that the girls really ostracize her because she's seen as, like, competition. Right. And, of course, teen girls always patriarchy. Right. But Holly's actually really cool and nice, and so she ends up in a group complex. I really like Angela because Angela was um, mean. (laughs) I actually didn't. I said, why do these heroines always have crappy, rude friends? Just like, um, tell the boys I love before, her best friend. All of these. I think Angela and Chris are very different, though. They are very different. But I didn't like Angela. I I think she just said you did. Yeah, I was lying. I didn't like her. Again, I read this a while ago, and I'm looking back at my notes. I think she grew on me, so by the end I liked her. But uh, at the beginning, I was like, this girl's a little crazy. A little lot. A little lot. See, one of my end notes is, Angel's growing on me. Um, but why did they just let Holly be in the inner circle? Confusing. This is Angela's, like, pretty aggressive, and... So she takes a while to, like, like, very to, like warm up on you. Try with Paige Lecter. But we also only... We usually... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm not pretending that's not why. <laughs> um, but the most of, like, most of what we see of Angela also, though it should be stated, is that, like, the interactions between Angela and Cammy. So it's not Angela just, like, 
saying all right. these thoughts to, like, just anybody and everybody. It's what she's saying to her friends. And right. you're always, like, a little bit meaner. <laughs> you're <just> always <laughs> I'm really mean, too. It's a safe space, though. Right. I wouldn't say these things to a lot of other people. No, I'm, like, a horrible person in private. <laughs> Some of us, though. Exactly. <laughs> and that makes That's it all, all that okay. That's <laughs> right. And very selectively. Look, we're working on it, okay? I'm not working on it. I think it's fine. <laughs> There's, like, a very... I don't have a... I, like, pick my, like, inner circle carefully, and it's not very big. And those are the people I can be mean with. Michelle has then, zero self worth also. Like, zero self worth I do have cancer. No. I'm in public. Hmm. Hmm. Really? I love hang out with me with other people. <laughs> Again, we're very isolated. <laughs> Our very small inner circle includes the two people here right now. <laughs> no, us. I talked on the phone with Cynthia yesterday. Anyway, back to this book. Okay, so that's Kimmy and Joe's connection. And those are the friends. Yep. The random people that show up. Which are, like, not important to you right now. Right. Because we have not described anything they've done. Okay, but the Lindbergh's move back. And we meet Ash. And I was like, Ash is totally the guy that she's talking to in her head. And they're going to fall Even though they have a different name. Yep. I know. Okay. It's totally false. Also, if you read the inside cover, you find out the other cousin's name is Jared. So... That probably should have Obviously, there's in. a lot of Jareds in the world, but also, what are the chances that in this novel? But Lynn Burns is like mystical family. I mean, we don't know that they're mystical at the beginning of the book, but, but like. They're clearly strange. They're clearly special in some way. I mean, if you read the inside cover, you absolutely already know all of this. Right. The inside cover gives a lot away. I didn't read the inside cover because I like rarely read I didn't read it either. Michelle and I have been picking books, like, just, like, based on, like, three seconds worth of skimming, and then we're surprised when we read it, we're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, maybe we should have read this. Yeah, when we we read, like, a study in Charlotte, and we're like, wait, the main character is a guy? Yeah. We said Charlotte in the title. (laughs) That's a girl name. We've clearly picked books up pretty rapidly. We spend more time fighting over what we're going to read than deciding what's actually And again, the fights are based on very little because we haven't read anything about the books. Yeah, we almost read nothing. Covers. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so we meet Ash. Ash seems cool. Yeah, he seems nice. He's gonna join the newspaper. He's clearly like attracted to Cammy. Yeah, and he's like, and everyone's kind of. He won't be attracted to Angela because Angela just like trash talks him immediately. Right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you gonna go somewhere with that? Anyway, Ash is the first Lindbergh we meet. Very nice. Seems normal. Doesn't seem like he lives up to this like Lindbergh legacy of like crazy. Right, and he right? seems very nice. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. very nice. He comes and he wants to join the newspaper. He's not very down about his cousin. Right. Like, but we haven't met the cousin yet. All the but girls then, are kind of obsessed with him because he's, he's like new, but he's also like the center of the town. So he's like new and exciting because he's new. Yeah. But he's also old, so you don't have to like ostracize him as an outsider. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's a he's good. also supposed to be very attractive, though. Right, since we have sure that's hecka cute. <laughs> sure that's, that's a, some small part. I'm sure this of that. Um, okay. But then his cousin gets there like, I don't know, a few days later or something. And well he's there, he just I don't know. But his no, his first day of school is after Ashes, because his first day at school, the new guy is in a fight with the whole cricket team. Oh yeah, yeah. We never find out what this fight is about. But sometimes you like to fight the cricket team. Whatever. Uh, I would fight the cricket team if I was in England. I don't know what they do. What are we talking about? We're talking about the friends. We're supposed to be the book. not focused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jared shows up. We don't know he's Jared at first, but Ash is like, oh, damn it, my cousin's here. Ash is clearly not friends with his cousin. And he's like, my cousin's like some, like, 
rebel, like, right. he is a troublemaker. He always causes trouble. He's also chronically ill. Oh. But a troublemaker, nonetheless. Which we see because he's in a fight with the whole cricket team in the first place. And then later, so that how Cammy and Jared meet, because obviously the cousin is Jared. And so we've also set up this, like, not really a love triangle. But something that's a potential to be one. Right. There's this weird, what the heck is a weird dynamic happening. Right. And part of it is just based on jealousy, I'm sure, between Ash and Jared. Because Ash was attracted to Cammy, and then Jared shows up. And Cammy and Jared have this pre-existing connection. So how they meet is that Cammy's actually at the library, like, researching the Lindbergh until they've come back to town. And they, like, get up in the elevator at the library. I mean, it's the weirdest exchange ever. The weirdest reaction. Like, because then one of them, Cammy, like, is oh, like... Oh, Cammy asked her to, like, hold the elevator, and he's just, like, fake can't believe it. Well, no. And just, then, like, throw And then they're, like, the in the elevator, so they don't know that it's each other. Yeah. And then one of them is like, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe I'm in an elevator right now with this girl. Yeah, so they, like, fought over... I mean, so, like, okay. So Jared refuses to hold the elevator for Cammy. They don't know who they are to each other at this point. And then Cammy said something rude about him not holding the elevator. Yeah. In her head. So they, to him. No, no, no. They, this is in person. They have this, like, rude exchange in person where they, like, like I'm not sure they talk and in then, And then they start talking in their heads after they've exchanged the details of this is mean like words to each other. other. Completely unimportant. Yeah, so <laughs> Cammy says, well, no, it's important that they, like, fought in the beginning. They were mad at each other. And then Cammy's like, what are you doing? And Jared's like, I don't know, this crazy Asian girl is staring me down in the elevator. And Cammy's like, that's <laughs> And she, like, sort of, like, freaks out a little. Not in her head, like, visibly. Because they're literally, they're, like, together. They're in an elevator. And they're talking to each other in their heads. And Jared suddenly realized, like, they put this two and two together pretty fast. And Jared's like, shit. And Cammy's like, bye. <laughs> How weird would that be? That would be, like, the strangest moment in my right. life. So strange. Yeah. In an elevator, too. That's, like, a very close space. Yeah, you can't get out like, of it. I feel like that would induce a panic attack. Like, <laughs> I'm not claustrophobic, but suddenly being trapped in an elevator with, like, a person I thought lived entirely in my head. Because if you never meet them, especially someone who's, like, mean, and, like, now you're, like, this is not who I'd be friends with in real life, was, like, the gist of that. Yeah, I guess that's what they feel. That's not what I feel. I feel like, man, because, you know, the whole time you're, like, are they real or are they not real? Also, they know all your secrets now. Now I'm panicked because they know well, all yeah. your secrets. That's what I'm real concerned about. Right. Yeah, so they both, like, Jared, like, runs out. Yeah, they, like, runs. They get off on the wrong floor, and they're, like, goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) So Jared, like, leaves immediately. Cammy almost, like, passes out at the library desk. The librarian's like, you okay? And she's like, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And they leave. And then then they, like, they won't talk to each other in their head because they're, like, Shit, like, this person who I thought was, like, someone who was really close to me and, like, lived in my head now is, like, a totally other person. Right. Who, like, exists and lives here and is this person. And isn't, like, what we imagined. Right. Which, you can imagine, would be very jarring. If someone, if someone you had this, like, very deep connection in your head, actually meeting them in, like, real life would be, I mean, it's not something you've ever imagined, right? So they stop talking to each other, but then Cammy is walking through the woods in the middle of the night. Wait. Before we get to that, um, while this is going on, there's also, like, a string of murders and animal sacrifices happening. Right, Cammy's been hearing screaming in the woods outside right. her bedroom in the middle of the night. And they, like, keep finding animals that are, like... Because Cammy follows. Sack. Yeah, and then one night she decides to follow screaming. She finds this, like, shed set up with candles and an animal, like... Some, like, voodoo set up going on. And there's, like, a, oh, like a box. There's grandparents go, but there's a box. 
Because Fox has three. Yeah. Yeah. They're also like really pretty, and that seems really mean. And yeah, I don't think the fox is dead. It's almost dead. It's almost dead. I don't know. It's like open. I don't know what they've done. They've like cut it open and it's bleeding out. <laughs> I'm sure you want all the details on this fox water, this ritual fox water. Um, but it's real creepy. Obviously, if I heard screaming in the woods in the middle of the night, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go and, and investigate by myself no. in and, the dark. And Jared, I don't go in the woods in the dark by myself under any circumstances. But this is before they met in person, and Jared is, they're like talking while she's going out in the woods. Yeah. So it's like she's not going by herself, sort of. It's not at all. <laughs> yeah. So something bad happens to you, you can't be like, no, the person in my head knows. It's right. Like, it's like the people that are like, pretend to talk on the phone so they like, don't get it, like, murdered, which I like, sort oh, of get. No. But it's, like, also not that helpful. Right. If I hear screaming in the woods behind my house in the middle of the night, the most I'm going to do is call the cops. Really, that would have been my first choice. I would have called the cops. I don't like, oh, well, it. I'll, I'll go take care of it. If someone getting murdered out in the woods, I'll go take care of it. And in no way enough to be the next victim. One time at Mount Holyoke, there was... Okay, so Mount Holyoke's in West Mass. There's a lot of woods around. We've talked about how many trees are in Massachusetts. All right, so we're in this wooded campus. And there's a lake, there's actually two lakes, and there's a lake with a mile-long path going on the lake and the woods. And very nice walks, very nice turnaround, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one night, my roommate and one of our friends, we were, like, waiting for something to start, and it was already dark, and it was nighttime, and we're like, we'll just take a walk around the lake while we, like, kill time, essentially. And we started, it was dark, <laughs> And the woods are freaking creepy at night. You know this if you've ever seen trees at night. <laughs> um, the woods at dusk are creepy. Once it gets dark, dark, it's... The woods by yourself during the day are a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. So woods are just dense. Yeah. And as people, we're like, are like programmed internally to like not like things where we can't see far distances. Yeah, because that's how you end up dying. Because people can hide and murder you. That's why I don't like my house. It's a survival instinct. Yeah. It's, yeah, this is what makes us a product of, like, evolutionary success or whatever. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so the three of us start walking, and, like, I'm, you already know this, if you listen to me, I'm a crazy person. Like, I'm really scared of, like, everything. No, yeah. really. The dark. The dark, especially. So, what's at night? Not my thing. But I'm with two other people, and these two people are, like, pretty sane. These are people who would probably not be scared to stay in their house at night. I assume. And we start walking, and we didn't even make it to the boat dock. It's like, I don't even think it's like a quarter mile around the lake. We didn't even make it to the dock. We, like, walked. And then, like, basically without, we had no discussion about the fact, oh, this is creepy. Because no one wants to say that, obviously. We just kind of, like, stopped. And we're like, eh, let's stop. And turned around <laughs> with no discussion <laughs> of the fact that actually it was freaking creepy. Because when you talk about how creepy it is, the creepier it gets. Right? So you, like, ignore that and ignore that and ignore that. And then we're just like... Okay, let's go back now. Okay, that's fine. Because at the time oh, we were out, um, out, oh my gosh, out church. <laughs> did we talk about that already? I feel like we we did. We talked about when you locked your keys in the car. Same project. Same project. So the night before, she locked her keys in the car at the church that we were filming at for this English project. We were there at night and we were doing filming outside in like the woodsy area. It was scrub oak. It's not woods because we don't we live in Colorado. No, it's not woods, but it's like but pretty it's hilly. scrub oak. And it's, like, hilly. Yeah, we're so on it's not, like, flat. You can't see very far. Right. And it's just, like, it's one of the, it was, one of the times, like, it just gets darker and darker. And we started out in the sunlight, and it gets darker and darker. And you well, don't realize until it's, And like we needed dark. shots of the moon, because, yeah, we were out there because we needed the moon. So we needed it to be sort of dark. We needed the trees, which are the boat. We call them trees. 
we don't we shot them here. so they look like trees whatever yeah so we're out there and it's getting darker and darker and it was you know all fun and games until we started using the like night vision yeah we started like camera. turning the camera around so we could see it and then like it's us and our like green faces you know and at first we're like oh this is like survivor and they film in the middle of the night and then we're like oh this is like the Blair Witch Project and we're like what are we stuck in the car <laughs> <laughs> and then we just like ramp. <laughs> I got scared. Neither of us are brave people. Yeah, it's all like it's all like really funny. We're like, really like, just like the Blair Witch Project. Haha, we could get murdered. Haha, you know it's really dark out here. <laughs> I didn't even realize how dark it was. Let's leave immediately. Parents are four times as likely to caution a girl, like be careful, than they are a boy. And so girls are taught to be more fearful. So that's that's true. Not even our fault that we're scared of everything. Anyway, that's yeah, definitely okay. different. If you, yeah, like, everyone's heard that, like, chain emails are not as big of a thing anymore, I think. Thank God. I have never got, I, well, I have gotten one, I haven't gotten one in years. Yeah, in years. And I mean, the people are doing well, it. The last I got like, was from the twins. You're crazy, oh my God. <laughs> you're crazy great aunt, you know. But there was one that was, like, about how, like, girls, should, girls and women should not wear their hair in ponytails, because it gives your, like, this, your attack or something to grab onto. When you're walking through the park. If my hair's not a ponytail, you can still grab it. I will love hair. I mean, yeah, like, unless you shave your head off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my sister has very short hair. She has, like, a pixie. She's growing so out, she's though. fine. So she's probably fine. But my hair is essentially a rope. <laughs> Hangs down to my waist. So. So, yeah, no, like, it's, which is crazy. That's why I always wear my hair in a bun. It's not because I'm lazy and never want to do my hair. <laughs> so fend off attackers. I mean, like, <laughs> realistically, yeah, could someone grab onto a ponytail? Yes. They can also grab onto, like, literally everything like else. Like your arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your arm, your clothes, like, a bag. So, like, basically the message here is, like, don't go outside. <laughs> yeah, that's really the message. <laughs> anyway, so she, does, she doesn't listen to any of this advice, and she goes outside in a ponytail. We actually don't know what her hair is. <laughs> she finds this thing. Anyway, back to her manager. So that was... Yeah, so there's, there's like, okay, we forgot to mention, there's, like, this like, crazy, there's, like, creepy stuff happening in the town. Ritual animal sacrifice. Which the cops aren't really, kind of like, like ah, sex for the fox. I don't know. Right, they're a little suspicious of it, but it also seems like something that they maybe have dealt with in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, also, the I mean, police. I guess, what do you do? It's, well, I mean, I guess that's against the law. I don't know, but it's also kind of the sense that, like, the law? I don't, I we don't know the English laws, so. Yeah, there, I mean, there's hunting laws. Like, you can't just, like, kill whatever at any time of the year. My dad shot a rabbit from our back door, in our backyard. FYI, guys. I wanted to skin it and cook it, and my dad's like, I don't like rabbit. It's probably because you haven't had to cook it. I was going to cook a really nice rabbit. Anyway, I didn't have time to skin it. That was a lot of work. Um, also, rabbits are pretty unclean. Like, you have to, like, you can't just, like, cut, chop the head off and, like, let's blood right now. You have to, like, be careful, you know? Anyway. This is really gross. I hope no one's squeamish. <sighs> if you are, I'm sure you've stopped listening to this like a hundred years ago. When we start talking about the box. I mean, we were talking about bad stuff before in the podcast. It hasn't gotten better. Okay. They meet Jared. They stop talking in their heads because they're like, holy shit. Um, this is horrible. They try and to then, turn it off. But we find out, like, it's, like, not well, this possible. Is like, yeah. I guess, well, I guess we're, what we figure out as a reader over the book is that, like, you, they, like, talk about how, like, they put up walls, obviously. Not walls, but walls. Real like, walls. they kind of block each other out if they try really hard. Really tall ones. Yeah. But... <laughs> And they made the Mexican government pay for them. (laughs) 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 Anyway, they built up walls, especially as they became teens, because they didn't really want to let the other person in on the rest of their lives as much. Yeah. But now, so I guess, like, intentionally, (laughs) 
they can try really hard. So Cammy, after this encounter, is walking through the woods in the dark by herself again. Because she's fine. an idiot and apparently fearless, but I don't mean that as a compliment. Because if you're the type of fearless that will let yourself walk through the woods in the middle of the night by yourself, especially in a town where creepy animal sacrifice is happening, I, I worry about your sanity. Sense. Yeah, just your pragmatic sense of survival. Anyway, guess what happened? Cammy gets pushed down a well and no one's around. Right, and it's like a, yeah, it's a well. Also, this scene is, like, strange, and this is one of the first kind of, I have a little bit of a problem with the author's build-up to these, like, stressful situations. By the time I realized I'm supposed to be stressed and nervous about the situation, we're, like, halfway through, almost, like, saved. And I'm like, oh, because she, like, falls down a well, and I'm just like, okay. And then she winds up, like, calling Jared with her mind, right? I don't even know if that's what happened. I think it's just that, I think he just realizes what happened. Because, uh-huh. like, I think when the emotions are super strong, it yeah. probably comes to you louder. Right. I mean, if panic feels like... You can't focus on, like, holding walls between you and another person when you're down in a while. Right. Also, I think it probably sounds more like... Like, you know when you're panicked, it's probably, like, screaming in your head, so it would <sighs> to your head friend, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they clearly... They not only share... This is... Okay, my thing with it is that we never... We only understand the extent of the connection, like, as we work through the entire novel. Right. And I just would really have liked that to be laid out more clearly at the beginning, instead of just, like, as we, like, you know, page 200, I'm still learning that there's more stuff going on. I'm like, right. oh, I guess they can feel pain when the other person's in pain. But I didn't know at the beginning. At the beginning, I thought they just, it was like a phone. Right. And then we find out, well, they actually basically share consciousness. And I'm like, oh, like they okay. have one brain. <laughs> yeah, it's, you either need to, like, lay it out clearly at the beginning. Right. Or you need some sort of explanation for the fact that it's accelerating or increasing, which there right. isn't any, though maybe there is because we came up with that on our own. Right. I think my theory, I feel like I could talk about this a little bit. It'll make a little bit more sense as we get in. But I feel like because Jared is, like, in closer proximity to Cammy, and even more importantly, kind of in this area that his family has been in for such a long time, and his family does have a deep connection to, which we find out more as the novel progresses, uh, that perhaps that strengthens it. Their, like, physical proximity and his proximity to... Like, the woods and stuff. Yeah. Around. Which I think makes a lot of sense, but it's not something the author talks about. So I this think we did that all on our own. Yes. This is a special edition. <laughs> we solve problems, too. Uh, <laughs> so... So she felt done well. He, like, finds out because she's screaming in her head, probably. I, yeah, I think she's and just, he, like, like, blindly panicking. He comes and saves her by jumping in the well. Yep. I think he calls the police first. Before jumping in? Mm-hmm. Though Cammy, while well, she's in the well, because he jumps in the well and, like, grabs her. And I guess, I guess, how deep is the well? Also, I was never sure how deep is the well. Or do they have to tread water the entire time? Because if I had to tread water the entire time, I would die. They have to tread water. Paige can't swim. Well, I've learned more. I can kind of swim. But if I tread, tread water, water, is like pretty tiring. water is so tiring. And I am literally have no, like, completely non-buoyant. So there's no, like, natural buoyancy, like, to help me at all. It's just, like, pure mechanical effort. So Paige would already be done. Yeah, so I can tread water. I think I've... Well, at one point, I could tread water for five minutes, and it was while I was in a swimming class twice a week. And at this point, I get probably two minutes. It's a lot of work. So I would try. I learned how to do, like, the survival float, you know, where you, like, your head's underwater most of the time. You just, like, float towards the surface, and you come up and take a breath, and then put your head back down. And supposedly, you could do this like that for... Ever except so I like I tried this is what I had to learn in swimming class I took a beginning swimming class in college because again can't with all the international students yeah the two thirds of my class I mean my class is six people but two thirds of my class or seven um were from like Afghanistan Pakistan China 
Um, and then there were two American girls, me and this other girl, because when you're an American, apparently you're supposed to learn how to swim. Right. Out. I learned how to swim. I actually felt like I didn't learn how to swim until later. I was probably like 10. Before. I like, like not drowned earlier than that, but mm-hmm. when I was 10, I like learned how to swim. Yeah, my swimming lessons that I got at the trials were like very scattered and like not very good, and eventually just like gave up. My dad taught me how to swim. Mm-hmm. I also grew up in California where everyone has a pool in their backyard. So like yeah. summer, like I just went to friends' houses and went to their pools. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So I anyway, came in the survival out. pool and like I was fine, and then I came up to take a breath, and then I just like sank like a rock immediately. So Shouldn't the point is I would die if you more. Buoyancy, like putting air in your lungs. Not me. Page breeze, heavy air. Yeah. So well, they're treading water, I guess. Which is unless someone jumped in to tread water for me. Well, that's what Jared went already been dead. Jared's already sort of out of it. Like by the time Jared. Yeah, I mean, I think the water is cold. I think she probably like hits her head a little bit. Like I oh. think she's sort of like. Kind of good for you. Yeah. Anyway, by the time I realized that we should be stressed with the situation, Jared is already in the water with her. Jared runs pretty damn fast, apparently. He's barefoot. Tom is very small. That's true. He's barefoot and doesn't have a shirt on, and is wearing jeans. And apparently we're like, we're like lucky. <laughs> right. Um, he was, he was like, sleeping. Or in bed. Better. I don't know. And the cop, this looks even more suspicious. Right. He, he was like, I was out on the run barefoot in just jeans. <laughs> and the cops are like, are you sure you didn't push her down the wall? <laughs> and he's like, why would I push her down the wall but jump in after? Right. And she's like, no, he didn't do it. And they're like, she just go to the hospital. She almost drowned. Her dad's like hilarious. Her dad is hilarious. Her dad's very chill about this, though. <laughs> her dad is very chill about it. I don't remember. He said something. I feel like this is how my dad would respond if I was... Found it a well. <laughs> like, after I got out of the well. He just, like, makes jokes about it. Right, like, she's in the hospital. She's, like, fine. By the time he starts making jokes, but yeah. he's totally making jokes, and it's hilarious. It is. Her dad's, like, the best character in this book. I make a bold statement. <laughs> he's like not at all a main character, but he just can't, comes in and offers some like comic relief. Yeah. And he's excellent at it. I love it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so she gets rescued or whatever. And so I didn't really notice this, the suspense building problems that Michelle did. Probably, I mean, I also like probably maybe wasn't paying attention. Um, like I was paying attention to the text, but like, I don't know. It's probably not something that would occur to me. I also have a tendency to skin things that I don't Right. Well, that's skim, but I was eating fast. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that um, the next morning that I was like newspaper meeting, and She's like I think Ash is like mad that Jared is like, well, there's like this right this potential love thing going on. Right. Ash and Jared are kind of like posturing to right. gain and they're clearly they are not at all willing to like work together or say or anything, and. Jared's like, well, I'm definitely staying because someone tried to kill Cammy, And I was like... It came out literally out of nowhere. Yeah. They were, like, like joking around, and then he's like, I'm staying because someone is trying to kill her. I, they're having this, like, war council meeting about Cammy falling down the well, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. But it comes out of nowhere. I have a note that says on the same thing where uh-huh. Jared just, like, drops an information bomb. Yeah, so I didn't notice the suspense building things. Not because they weren't there, just probably because they didn't, wasn't noticed. Um, but I did when suddenly they're like, oh, someone's trying to kill Cammy after the will. I was like, what? <laughs> because I, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, something or someone can turn around. Right, it's never really clear down the how she get in the well. Well, it, they vaguely kind of explain that at the end. Right. 
But at the time, it's like, there was no one else around. She just, like, I think she, like, hears. I don't even know if she hears footsteps behind her. She ends she's up just in a well. She's just, Suddenly. like, forcefully pushed down a well. And there's no one there, supposedly. Which we find out later has to do with, like, people projecting energy. Magic. Magic, basically. And I was like, okay, I guess that's true. Like, someone did, like, push her down a well. So I nice guess someone tried to kill her. I guess. The time, but I did like, it still was just like, what do you mean someone's trying to kill you? I was surprised. So I didn't know it was a suspense building, but I was also just like, what? <laughs> I did not take away the, I don't know, the dramatic impact of the event itself. It had to be explained to me later. And I was like, right. oh, I guess that's true. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I feel like this is where we really start to see, so Kimmy and Jared start to come to terms with the reality of their situation. Um, and you can really start to see the, like, the deep relationship they have just because they've spent 17 years in each other's heads. Yeah. Um, Should we, do you want to, do you want to, like, quickly, like, sum up the rest of the plot and then just talk about the relationship? Sure. That's fine. I just want to, like, I feel like I'd be quicker and get this out of the way. Yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So they start investigating all this stuff. Again, Cammy's, like, very on a Nancy Drew kick here. Um, She's the one to be an investigative journalist, so. Yeah. So they were going to, like. And we're gonna breeze, try breeze through the plot because yeah. we're how woo. I don't know how this always happens, but like this is like a half an hour podcast. Like I mean, like twenty minutes in. We're not I mean, it involves a lot of unrelated stories on our part. We got a little storytelling story. <laughs> today, not any other day. Today, never. <laughs> um, okay, this is gonna be the world run through the plot. Hopefully, we don't sell and talk about stuff. Okay, we so they start. We, yeah, they start investigating stuff. Blah blah blah. They take a trip to London. Jared's, like, randomly, weirdly sick. He gets sick, we've later found out, because of cities and, like, the fall or whatever. This is all part of, like, building this mythology, I guess, we find out later. Mm-hmm. So Which they're, I... like, looking for someone who's trying to kill these animals. And then we find out more about the Lindburn. Turns out the Lindburns are sorcerers. And right, because she Vail goes... It's she... actually, like, sorcery in the Vale. So this whole town is built on this idea. Right. Cammy winds up going to their house at some point. She just shows up. Unvited. She has to go, like, visit. She, she has, she has to from. thank Jared for saving her from the well. Yeah. And... Then she meets his mom and the other mom, and things are insane. They go, she goes in this house, and things are creepy and crazy. And then the dad's out in the garden, and he seems really nice. And she's like, well, at least one of you's not a crazy person. Guess who the guess who the crazy killer is? The nice dad. (laughs) So, spoiler, be suspicious. Um, I did not suspect him because he really did seem nice until the second she goes to his house the the second time. And that time I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah. So she like. She goes to the house a couple times. Eventually, this whole story comes out because Jared didn't know anything about this. He thought his family was like weird and creepy and crazy, but he didn't know that they were—they're were all sorcerers. And apparently, this is, I guess, kind of complicated, especially because we're not gonna, we're gonna do it really, really fast in bullet points. Um, Jared, so Cammy is Jared's source. The thing is, sorcerers need a source to draw power from, mm-hmm. and so they're talking. So they know that people killing animals in the woods—that's somebody trying to get power. Um, so one way you can get power is through death. That's why there's this pact at the town. It used to be that they would sacrifice someone from the town to draw power, and they later were like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. So that's what the history was going on about, was seeing, like, sacrificing people in the town. And, um, okay, so Cammy is Jared's source because, who cares about this really, but Cammy's mom and Jared's mom made this pact back in the day when the Lindbergh was still in town because... So and so wanted something from Cammy's mom, blah blah blah. The upshot is that they, they were, were both, both pregnant, pregnant, and so Cammy and Jared become connected. That's how this connection comes about. Because and Jared is like crushed by this realization because Jared had this really hard life, and Cammy's voice in his head was like the only like good 
thing he had right. his life, Oh, because they think he killed his father. Right. So he has his mom is like a horrible person. Well, everyone. His dad's a horrible person. Lillian, who's his mom? Lillian or Rosalind? His aunt is okay. His aunt is like really like she seemed like not very like a cold person. Right. Seem, but she ends up being like this like the, the only nice morally upright person in the story in the right. family. Because what happened is so the dad that's still alive, so Ash's dad, used to be in love with the other sister. The other sister. Then he marries the other one. But then he marries Ash's mom and not Jared's mom. Um and so then Jared's mom just winds up marrying someone and that guy I think is abusive, if I remember. I, yeah, it's a, like some sort of a weird abusive relationship. So Jared hates his father for understandable reasons. His mother is also like like a horrible mother, like pretty much like hates her child. Uh, well, because sort of, there's this thing where his father fell down the stairs, but it was like while they were having a fight at the top of the stairs, so it really seems like Jared pushed his dad down the stairs. And he, and he didn't physically push his dad, and so he's never like... So, from like a legal standpoint, he didn't kill his father. We later found out that probably what happened is that because Jared's power is very undisciplined, this is before he even knew he was a sorcerer, what happened apparently, and this is also apparently how Cammy gets knocked down the well, though not by Jared, is that you can just like, forceful emotions, you can just push someone. Right. So he ends up pushing his dad down the stairs without even knowing it, because he's so right. angry. So his dad dies, his mom blames him for that. Um, his mom's a horrible person. Right. And his mom has this, like, weird set of knives in the closet. Like, weird shit is happening. He has a horrible home Right, because there's a weird relationship. There's, like, weird rules with sources and things. Yeah. Too. And he doesn't know anything about this as a child. And so he thinks this connection with Cammy. he thinks they're kind of, when he meets Cammy. he eventually is like, oh, we should, like, date. He thinks that Cammy and him are soulmates. That's why they have this connection. Because, I don't know, like, what, what else? <laughs> this, you know, as explanations go, that's quite logical, I guess. She's not, um, Kimmy's not on board with that. Kimmy's like, um, no. Yeah, and we'll discuss, like, the problems with the relationship more when we're going to get to the whole plot. Ha <laughs> Um. This is going to be, like, a four-hour podcast. Sorry. So they get into, like, sorcerers and sources and all that stuff. They find out Kimmy is Jared's source because it's connected because Emma was really pregnant, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Meaning that Kimmy is actually the source of Jared's power. So he's very powerful because he has Kimmy to draw on, but Kimmy can right. also stop that. So Kimmy holds, she can't do magic. Nope. Of her own. But she can cut off, like, the flow of Jared. Right. And so uh, everyone's like, you need a severance connection because she has so much power over you. It's a very powerful relationship, but it also means that she controls you and she can. Right. And normally, so not all this, like, she, um, she's the only source in that family. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rest of them, there's a lot of drawing on, like, the natural power. So the seasonal thing yeah. becomes important. The animal sacrifice is another way they can draw power. But having a source is, like the most power you can have. Um, so yeah. But it puts you in a very vulnerable position. Right. Um, so most of the time those relationships are created as uh, adults. Um, yeah. And both parties need to consent because, like, both have responsibilities and restrictions. Yeah. Kind of on how they live their lives. But neither of them got to consent, and so they're like, you should sever this bond. Mm-hmm. But they can't be kind of things. Yeah, right. Like live lives as individuals. And Jared is, like, super against that because, again, right. this is, like, all he's had for so many years. Um, blah, 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 the woods are enchanted, Jared wakes him up with his magic, blah, blah, blah. And so right. we find and out, they, like, call to him. They're like, Jared, come here. <laughs> this whole story essentially winds up with Rob, the Ash's dad, the one who was nice, ends up being the villain. He is killing people. I don't even remember why this is happening. He's a horrible person, in league with Jared's mom, tries to kill them, they escape, blah, blah, blah. Who even cares about this part? We don't care. And 
because Rob is about to kill Candy, and he, like, spares her if she severs the connection. And so she does. Mm-hmm. So at the, this is how the story ends. Sorry to rush that last bit. I also don't remember why it was, it was important like that they were trying to kill each other. I don't remember what was going on with that. He, I guess Rob was trying to claim more power by well, killing people. I don't know. And so also, if he killed Cammy, he would have killed Jared. Like, that is a true. It's a sorcerer dies. The sorcerer dies. So that's also why this. But the sorcerer so... dies. I think the sorcerer's fine. Yeah. So because then he's like totally cut off from everything. So mm-hmm. then he's okay. So then he's gonna kill Cammy in order to kill Jared because he's like vying for all the power. He's yeah. just really power hungry. Right, and some of this power struggle isn't all explained because this happens at the end of the book and it's a trilogy, so I assume more is supposed to be explained right. for the for the books. Um, so Cammy severs the connection to try and save Jared and himself, and so it ends. That's how the book ends with them grappling with this new connection. So right. let's talk about their relationship now. That's the plot. That's the basic. Maybe you understood it. Maybe you didn't. Whatever. That's you know, there are parts where I didn't understand. It was a little bit muddled. Yeah. Because she doesn't do a good job leading up to the action. It just mm-hmm. kind of bleeds in, and you're like, you spend some time having to, like, catch up. That's true. I think there were some parts at the end where I was kind of like, But, like, ordinary on? stuff leads right into the action, and so then by the time you figured out that you should be really paying, like, you know, you have to switch your mindset when you're in something that, like, now we're, you know. Yeah. A book. You've read a book. True. You've read a book. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the relationship because that's really interesting. That so we got the about, most, I feel like, probably the most interesting part. Yeah, we talked a little bit about, like, how their connection was not really clear, and we see more and more of right. the novel goes on. But just in ter- but, like, in terms of the other stuff, like, on one hand, I think it's really cool. Like, that would be, on one hand, there's, like, something really cool about having someone in your head right. and, like, always having this perpetual connection. On the other hand, it's horrifying. Right. And it's something that, like, now, if this were to happen when you were 17, like, if the connection were to start, it'd be, like, horrific, but it's, like, they don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you see kind of how, like, closely tied they are. I mean, they have, like, the most deep level of intimacy you could have. Mm-hmm. They, they share memory. So. Right. Um, and so, like, they have a deep, like, love for one another because they, like... They're so closely connected right. their entire lives. Um... And so Jared is like, we should probably date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Cammy is like, I don't know, like I, that's like hard to grapple with this. But it's also like, yeah. could you really date anyone else? Could you ever like, you can't marry someone else if like <laughs> someone else lives in your head, you <laughs> right. know? Like that would be like that's weird. extremely stressful for every mm-hmm. single person involved, including the person who's not the one that was right. living in people's heads. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, it's a very cool connection. You see how strong a friendship they obviously have right. to have it. Like, I'm always, this is my one of my rational fears, that suddenly someone will be able to, like, hear my thoughts. I always get worried that I'm saying everything I'm thinking out loud. Like, <laughs> if you're, like, sitting in a quiet room and you're like, did I just say that out loud? And you're like, no one's reacting, so probably. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, think it, like, there's so many thoughts where I don't want to share. Like, right? Like, right. everyone just... has, like, horrible thoughts. Right. It's not what they actually think. I mean, they do think it, on a, but they don't, right. like, believe it, or, like, right, but, yeah. Right. Um, and to have to, like, another person have to share all that and know all that. It's like, yeah, it's incredible, like, it's crazy. And the more you try and, like, once it, once you, you know, every time you try and, like, stop thinking about stuff, because if you were, like, trying not to share stuff with other people, as soon as you're, like, oh, I can't think about that, like, then that's all you think about. Right. 
there's like it'd be really hard to get cut off and like they have this like thing where they can try and put up walls but i mean once right. you take the walls down they know everything else so there's, it's like, like they're almost in a very small room together and so like all their thoughts are being said aloud but i think it's almost like if they decide to pay attention to it or not yeah. and it's unclear because then at one point in the book again this connection is like unclear to the extent and you, as a reader, you're left to kind of guess things. And you, right. as it goes on, you're like, oh, wait, I guess I can do that, too. Because Angela gets mad. She's like, great, so freaking Jared must freaking know everything about me. Because you know a lot about me. And Cammy's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, Jared wouldn't, like, eavesdrop. Right. But it's like, okay, yeah, but even when you're not trying to share, you, it seems like you right. end up sharing. Yeah. Well, so... I think, well, but I mean... The thing is, how much are you paying attention to the other person? I really I almost feel like they're, it's like they're in a very small room together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, how much are you, like, paying attention to what the other person's saying? Whether And then when you're doing things like falling down a well and you're, like, screaming, like, it's yeah. obviously easier to pay attention mm-hmm. to the person. So that's kind of how I interpreted it. Like, they could hear each other at all times, but, like, you're also busy living your life. You're not going to be going to the recesses of your brain. Right. Trying to, like eavesdrop all the time. But I think you probably overhear things accidentally. Yeah. Like if you're trying to like go to sleep and someone else is like doing something louder mentally. Mm. I mean I guess that's true but I wish it would have been worked out in the novel by the author. Not yes. by us. <laughs> Again. Like we know this because now we've discussed it for an hour. Right. But it was it, from the point of view of the novel it was unclear exactly what was going on. You had to do a lot of guesswork. So that's a relationship and what's interesting is when they meet they have a very hard time dealing mm-hmm. with each other person which seems really true and so jared we've talked about how he thinks that he and kim are soulmates because like why what else he didn't need to explain this crazy connection right and yeah and he wants to date her and cammy brings up the point that like we're actually completely like each other's physical presence is something that like we can barely deal with throughout the whole novel they can't even like hold hands they can't like touch like brush against each other because it just like freaks them both out yeah and she's like i don't think people should date when they can't even like handle the fact that the other person has a physical being yeah um, it's strange and it's hard because they're like they like clearly have a deep intimacy and a deep love for one another and they're like we don't even know what box to put this in they're like are we just friends or at this point are we already like romantically entangled right except not physically like mm-hmm. they have a very strong mental connection but they've never but like dealing with that person as like a, like a human being with like a body is like right. where they have like, they've never had to navigate it so everything went backwards for them yeah. um uh, I had another thought, and I lost it. So cool. <laughs> um, shit, what was I going to say? And that's all I have to say. That's all I thought. I'm just going So okay, one thing that everyone's told them about this connection was that um, once they find out this whole like source 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 thing, I think. Everyone's like, the problem with this connection is that you can't even differentiate who feels what. Because the connection is so strong that, like, your feelings are overshadowed by the other. And that's what Kimmy's concern is. She's like, we, like, we have no, there's no, like, privacy. Like, we can't right. live individual lives because we're always connected. Um, and so, like, right. they're always in each other's head no matter what. Even when they're not actually sharing and they're not listening to each other, I think. They still have this Right, they still life. are, like together right and so cammy's like we but don't even know what it's like to live as an individual person because we've always been connected our whole lives right. and then they talk about how the fact that like each other's feelings are basically bleeding into each other and so Kimmy's right. like i don't even know what i think or feel about you because you're in my head and if we weren't connected i don't know what we would think about each other sounds scary yeah so it becomes <laughs> this like really like thorny <sighs> issue and cammy right. that's kind of why she thinks we should cut the connection and jared is like obviously really resistant um right 
And so then what happens at the end, we find out they do have a connection, because at least really they, they have to. Um, right. And the ending, this was when I was like, Michelle's going to reread the ending. Remember. <laughs> really quick. <laughs> um, Cammy, they set up the connection, and the last couple pages is Cammy dealing with the fact that there's like so much silence. Like, the connection right. is totally gone. And, which is really weird and strange, and you can imagine that. But the part that was really striking, strange to me, was that Cammy still feels the same way about Jared. She's still concerned about him, she still wants to know his oh, yeah, feeling. Yeah, and at the very, like, the last page, they have to, like, actually, they literally have to talk in words. They can't talk in two things on their head. It's not on Silk anymore now. The anthem towards the title comes from, but again, it wasn't super distinctive. Um, another connection you need to make by yourself. Um, so Cammy still I mean, seems... most of the time you have to figure out where the title comes from. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's usually more connected. I don't know. I thought the title was connected just fine. I just didn't feel like it, like, set me up for what I was about to read. Mm, yeah. So... Cammy still seems to have the same feelings about Jared. So they've right. been concerned that their feelings are bleeding together and they don't even know what they think and feel on their own. Mm-hmm. Cammy seems to be essentially the same person after right. she's ever mm-hmm. connection. But it's just like she's like right. suddenly And we silent. are we are more in Cammy's head than That's Jared. Sure. Yeah, we're I don't think we're ever in Jared's head. I don't we're not. This is told in third person though, isn't it? It is. But third person limited. So from Cammy's perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um but Jared, after these have a connection, Jared becomes a whole other person. I think he's taking for so sure. Here's what ha- so, yeah, I don't know what happens. For because sure. Jared is suddenly like, yeah, I'm glad we, Jared comes in and Cammy's like freaking concerned about everything's happening. Right. Also, like, they did have like trauma with like right. running around through the forest. And, People like, almost died. Yeah. But they were happening. And Cammy's like, are you okay or something? I don't totally remember the ending. And Jared's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm glad we started the connection. What yeah. was that? What's the ending part? Um, Jared turned out to be real mean, <laughs> real fast. Um, he's, so they're talking about serving a connection, and he says, um, you're nothing special, um, so thank you, I see things far more clearly now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then she says, and you can go to hell now for all I care. They're, like, being very icy, but we can tell this com- is coming from a place of Cammy being hurt by Well, yeah, how- Cammy's hurt by what he said, and right. Jared's just, like, leaning into it. <laughs> and he's, like, and you can go to hell now for all I care, and Jared, Jared responds, who knows, maybe I will, and then he leaves, and then Cammy, like, starts crying, and is, yeah. and then the last line is, for the first time in her life, she was alone. Mm-hmm. So this, like, sense of profound isolation, which I can't, like, even imagine. Out. Yeah. Then you, they talk about it with, like, um, Siamese twins that are separated. Oh. They have sort of similar, like, like trauma from, like, not being mm-hmm. physically connected to this person that they've been connected with their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Especially if you separate them, like, later, if not when they're, like, yeah. infants, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Cammy, it's weird because one of Cammy's concerns is that I probably don't even, I don't even know what I think or feel. Turns out she seems to think and feel the same way. For right. a limited... Right, it's happens at the very end. Right, we only get like a page of yeah, them, like, but it seems fine. It doesn't seem. It seems like she's has the same sort of psyche. Right. The other concern that she's had throughout the novel is she's like, "What would Jared think about me if we didn't have this connection? If we hadn't shared so much, would he even care? Like, what? Like, what right. would our real feelings be for each other?" And so her whole concern the whole time is that Jared's gonna find out that she's really she's not that special, like he says. So he ends up voicing some of the fears that she had the whole right. novel, and he's like. Bitch about it. He is. I think it comes. I think he's totally faking. 
Yeah, so the, the question Obviously, at the end of the trilogy. novel... Yeah, so it ends on the cliffhanger, and so the question is, is it true? Does no. he actually feel this? Okay, Michelle says no. Is he faking? <laughs> if so, for what reason? I think he has realized the danger that being connected to his family has put her in, and he'd like oh, to take her yeah. out of that danger. Because it was like, she almost died. She like got right. suffocated by a rock. And I also would like to think that he's faking, and I think that is a reasonable explanation. Um, but it's also possible that, like, I don't know, weird stuff has happened. Because Jared was very dependent on the connection in a way that Cammie right. wasn't. Right. Yeah, it was, Cammie had a very stable home life. Her dad was great. Her mom was great. She had two younger brothers, and they're, like... And maybe losing that connection And she's friends, too. To go off the deep right. end. Jared really didn't have a family. He didn't have friends. He, like, that's... She, he was... She, he was, like, sleeping on the streets for a year or something. He was homeless for a while. Right. Because, like, his family hates him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have friends. He just, like, punches people. And his cousin doesn't like him either. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, very isolated. And Cammy was, like, his only... Yeah. And now he doesn't have anybody. So maybe it did push him off into, like, the void because now he's locked. Maybe he, he was so hurt by the fact that she cut... I mean, she yeah. did not really have a choice in separate right. the connection. And I don't know if he's faking because um, he was hurt, faking because he was trying to protect her. So like, I didn't know what was going on. He's clearly faking. We have not read the next book, but... <laughs> we actually have no evidence for that. We know in our hearts. Yeah, so it is a trilogy that ends on that cliffhanger of Jared Mitch. Okay, you know what's in the back. Great, we'll ignore. No, we won't. We like this book. We Sarah? did like this book, but we also said mean things. That's which okay. I mean, we always do. I feel like that's okay. Right, Sarah? But we did, overall, we actually like this book. Sometimes we we, you can't tell because of what we say during the podcast, but we actually did like this book. It was quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I really, I loved the premise. I thought it was so interesting. I thought it was done. Pretty well, except for, I mean, yes, they probably could have done a better job establishing, like, the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the mythology that he had totally worked on. Right. But I did like the mythology that we did find out about. I liked their connection to this town and to nature as a family. I liked the idea of the source. So the stuff we did get kind of more clearly laid out was good. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yay. Alright, we can wrap this up before we start telling unrelated stories. Yeah, unless you want to hear about us talking about books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, Nishan has a book to recommend. Haven't read it, Thank Nishan. You. So, I'm recommending The Raven Boys by Maggie Stethotter. Um, And it is kind of similar in the fact that you have a girl and a guy with kind of a mystical connection of some sort. And they're trying to... Trying to figure out what's going on there, and also dealing with maybe romance, and there's also other people. Um, but I think it's a little bit more questy. They're on quest to, like, mm-hmm. figure things out rather than... I mean, I guess Cammy's trying to, like, solve the mystery. Yeah, um, I was a little bit confused in this book, though. Yeah. So this was a little bit more quest-oriented, where they're going out and trying to, like, do things, um, but also kind of deal with their mystical connection. I really liked it. Um, I did not like the Hush Hush trilogy, which has also been Maggie Stiefvater, so if you read that and hated that, which I did, um, I would give this a shot, even though it's by the same author. It's must, much less, like, Twilight-esque. Yeah, much she, more. Because her first book was, like, that, uh, what's it called, Shiver? Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried to read it. Oh, that's the trilogy I I'm talking about. didn't even make it through. And it was horrible. Hush Hush is a different author horrible. entirely. I apologize. I like that. <laughs> Just random um, books we don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, the Shiver trilogy. Uh, yeah, it's like Twilight with Werewolves, and I really, I really didn't like it. Um, it was like almost entirely romance focused. And this one, the Raven Boys, is there's romance involved, but it's a lot more about it's a lot more kind of community. There's guilt other things happening and quest oriented. <laughs> yeah, 
It's good. Uh, yeah. It's also a trilogy, I think. It's definitely more than one. I don't remember if it's three or four, but it's, it's a series. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, I right, read okay. this book. Yeah. So, on a scale of goblins to mermaids, we give this book um, a woodland sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you can email us at smartgirlvoicebacks at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And, and this is number nine. So, soon, we will actually publish these and you can listen to them. And I mean, you're listening right now. I mean, obviously. But we'll start, like, responding to emails because we'll start getting emails because it's actually a Hopefully. Yeah. We don't got emails. Um, it'll be sad. Yeah. Just trying to send out. Right to us. Um, we'll also have a Twitter and an Instagram. And they'll be and in the, the comments below. And There's yeah. a dog outside Paige's house, and it is losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not my dog, though. My dog's very quiet. Okay. It's sitting right here, and it's silent, unlike Michelle's dog. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> my dog's at daycare right now. <laughs> A doggy daycare because we're getting our trees trimmed in our backyard and he could not handle that <laughs> at all. Oh my god. But anyway. Okay. Yep. Bye. Cool.